Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk. Now, they might not be able to make your worries or high energy bills disappear, but certainly they can bring more entertainment to your life. If you're bored with dull corporate events or want two newlyweds families to break the ice at the wedding, consider hiring a magician. So, time to put the cards on the table and ask what the secret trick behind being a magician in Ireland really is. I'm delighted to be joined by three magicians. Uh, Ivan Zimmerman, he's a magician and co-owner of Paddy Wiz, an online booking platform for entertainers. Paul Rua Gleeson is also a magician. He's with it as well. And uh, Jeannie Mackers is a magician and co-owner of JD Magicians. So you're all very welcome to the programme. Thank you for having us. Um, great to see you all here. And again, three see three smiling faces <laughs> across the studio. It was really wonderful. Ivan, we might start with you. Firstly, maybe tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became a, magi- a magician. So I've been doing magic for 12 years now. Right. Um, and, but only, so I started as a hobby for the first few years and about five years I kind of went, five years ago I went a bit more professional with it. Um, and as you said there, I also co-own a, um, a booking agency essentially called PartyWiz, um, which was um, essentially where we put in contact uh, bookers and um, so then entertainment providers. Okay. So the art of becoming a magician, tell me about where you trained, how you, you know, developed the skills. Uh, top, like, s- top secret. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's... He's sworn to secrecy there, Bobby. Yeah. That'll reveal that one. Come on. So it's a lot of um, two sides. It's very self-taught, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Uh, Juliette and Rua would agree to that. And then it's a lot of meeting other magicians. So very early on, you go out and you see, oh, there's, you know, other magicians nearby. Uh, in Ireland, we're very lucky. We have uh, the Society of Irish Magicians. So, right. for any young magicians who want to learn more, they can come. You know, they can reach. And would I be right in saying, like any craft or skill, it's all about practice? It's all about practice. Yeah. Okay. Now, our second guest runs two businesses: one called Jeannie Mackers, and another one called JD Musicians. And she's Juliet Rahal. Juliet, you're very welcome to the program. Thanks a million. How are you doing? Now, as I understand it, you've got two audiences. Is that right? I Hence, do. two businesses. Yep. Tell us all. So Jeannie Mackers is a children's entertainment uh, company and we are, consist of a lot of actors who go out and perform for kids' birthday parties as fairies, genies, pirates, superheroes, wow. the whole shebang. So that's all very magical. And then the other side is JD Magicians, where it's just the two of us, myself and Dee. So I'm Jules, she's Dee. Um, and we do the magic for the adults. So, okay. so Dee and I mainly focus on the adults and then the other actors we've trained in focus mainly on the kids. Okay, very so, interesting. So two different audiences, two different businesses, but I'd say maybe common skills throughout. Similar, yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, our third guest is Paul Rua Gleeson. Paul, you're very welcome to the programme. Thank you. Oh, AKA Rua. Uh, how did you get into this business? Uh, accidentally, I used to be a fire breather and I had a really bad accident one night. I got second and third degree burns oh dear. on my chest. I was stuck in hospital. This is 100% true. It sounds like an X Factor story, but a friend of mine gave me a book on card tricks and said, uh, I always knew you had a hot body. Hopefully this will help you pass the time. God, my hands are all bandaged up. I was stuck in James's in the Burns unit. And uh, I just started reading through, but I really liked David Blaine when I saw him on TV. So I figured I'll give this a go. And then as soon as I got out of hospital, it helped me heal my hands by playing with cards. And then I started to get the reaction of crowds. And again, as Blaine says, you don't get into magic, magic gets into you. And that's what led me into the... And, and and so, 
again, self-taught to some degree. Yeah, to kind of, of every degree. It's like yeah. learning guitar. You'll essentially learn your chords uh, and then when you know your chords, you can put them together to create beautiful sympathies or, or guitars. In Magic, you would have various techniques and things that you would learn and study over many, many years and then eventually you can put them together to create your own kind of symphony of magic as well. Okay, so uh, you you describe yourself, uh, Rua, as a master of live deception. That's, That's I never, so, I, I didn't describe myself as that. That was the Irish Theatre magazine. I'd be some ego. <laughs> what do you guys describe yourselves as? I'm a master of live deception. That was the Irish Theatre magazine. I did a show in the Fringe Festival um, called Of Rogues and Knaves, and they, they reviewed it quite, quite well. Yeah, and if you talk about sort of Magic su- suggestion, psychology, mm-hmm. misdirection, showmanship, things like pickpocketing, mm-hmm. those kind of, I suppose, I, I, they probably fill people with a certain, there's a certain mystique about them. Absolutely. Uh, you know, they're hardened criminals who do it, but... Yeah, people don't trust al- you. <laughs> yeah, there's almost, so, so are you able to pick people's pockets? Uh, at events, you will catch me doing that the odd time, yeah. yeah. People are a lot more kind of cautious about these things now as well, but uh, as part of the show that I did, what they called that, I gave everyone a jacket and I taught people how to pick pockets. But I was getting tours, like, of, you know, some older people were coming in, younger people, and at one stage I had, like, a load of grannies in there, and I was teaching them how to literally pick pick each other's pockets, and it was, yeah, it was great fun. But, uh, yeah, for sure, it's uh, that's kind of the, the other element of magic that a lot of deception would come from, the history of pickpocketing, uh, and those kind of street tricks, you know, the kind of the, the yeah. cons of the find the lady or maybe find the pea under the shell. All the while, there's, there's actually quite famous images of uh, um, paintings of the three shell game happening and while it's happening someone's getting their pocket picked because okay. your attention's over here while something else is happening over there. Very interesting. And what about escapism mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff? Where does that fit into the yeah, into so, your bag of tricks? So I'm a huge Houdini uh, fan. I, I've studied quite a lot of his life and works and I had a, a series on TG Cahar which had a bit of a budget so it allowed us to do some cool stunts with straight jackets and uh, car crushers and stuff like that Stop. as well. So yeah, really cool. <laughs> if you're scared of heights, I did one off O'Connell Street as well. But uh, yeah, it's harder to do those type of things at corporate events because, you know, you can't be getting up on stage and on a burning straight jacket every single time. It's usually kind of working the tables and stuff like that. But yeah. um, for big shows, it's always a lot of fun. Maybe Ivan, you tell us about the typical type of corporate and I suppose no corporate event is typical but when you're employed to do a corporate event you're employed to entertain so it may take various forms it may be going around the tables at a dinner it may be something where you go up on a stage and tell us a little bit about that world so that's as you describe it is usually a bit of either or and a lot of time the booker doesn't necessarily know what's best for them so usually most events actually start start a few months ahead of time when you're figuring out with the booker you know, you know, we as magicians we have experience in this area, so we would be able to to kind of recommend them. It'll be better if we do your event this way. So it'd be better if, as you were saying there, I'll go around the tables, small groups at a time, and perform. So you know, if you have a hundred people, it'll take me an hour to go around. If you have two hundred, about two hours, or you know, give or take. And then, or if you have a big, you know, bigger rooms, maybe a stage show is better. Yeah. Um, so that would be the kind of recommend the kind of recommendation parts. And then on the actual evening, um, yeah, it depends also on corporate events vary. If it's like, you know, they're celebrating a good quarter, very different atmosphere. Christmas parties are also great. Or um, if people know each other or don't yeah, know each other. Very, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's Breaking ice is a that. very, exactly. Is it a, um, you know, it's a Friday and they've been told to come to the event. No one knows each other. And how you know, would you typically break, in, break the ice at an event like that? 
That's a good. How it'll depend. Jules knows. Yeah, I, think. I would. Yeah, um, I don't have one specific answer. Um, you come back from a wedding, say everyone's in the church together, and you're thinking, "Geez, I don't know half the people here, and I'm going to be sat it with really some strangers." Everyone together. Yeah, I'm going to be sat with some strangers now over the whole night. I hope I get a good table. Well, at the reception, uh, one of the most popular booking slots for a magician is in that window when you leave the church, you come back to say the hotel or wherever the reception's been held. Um, and everyone's getting that first drink into their hands. It's kind of and an in-between kind of time. Yeah, we, we, we kind of look at it. It's <laughs> a dead time, yeah, right? Yeah, you bring them together. Yeah, and it's at that moment that people will decide, is this going to be a fun wedding or is it going to be just the yeah. same mm-hmm. as every other wedding? Or maybe someone, yeah, exactly. some two single people can, can actually fall in yeah. love and oh, spend the night. They, <laughs> you know what I mean? But we come in and we'll, and guys like myself, Jules, Ivan, we'll, we'll come in and try and bring groups together. Like, hey, you over, come over here, help us out. And then someone over from that side can come over. And it's a great conversation starter for them exactly. as well. You do something incredible and then you leave them and they have something to say together. Yeah. Oh, have you ever seen that, yeah. that before? No, I, oh, I'm John, by the way. Hey, I'm Sarah. Yeah. Or whatever way it might work. But that's the way it would okay. work in Breaking the Ice. Jules, tell me about the magic circle. There's a magic circle here in Dublin. Yes, and the is, UK. That, is that a community of magicians where, again, you learn skills, you yeah, learn new Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. And I have to say, at the <clears> beginning, I was kind of a little bit hesitant to join because it was a very male-dominated... Fellas in dicky bows and... Oh, and, yeah. and no, no, no. It's funny because I, had I hadn't been and I was like, mm, do I, do I not? Oh, if they're all men, how are we going to go about this? And I kind of, full disclosure, had this, you know, you know, complete misogynistic vision of well kind of man's world they're not going to let any women in and oh my god it was total opposite because I was I was initially the first female when when I did arrive and then pulled D in afterwards a few weeks later and I remember at the beginning just being a bit kind of conscious of the fact that I was the only woman but they were amazing they were so welcoming and I just wasn't sure how they would feel about a woman joining but it was a total opposite they were so amazing and so welcoming and Is there another element and again when you're working with a group of other magicians like that you know that you have certain tricks maybe that you don't want other people to know or that you have to guard your own tricks or or are there tricks that are common to everybody or how does all that work? There are a lot of tricks that are common to everyone and I think that whether it's said or not some people might kind of withhold their own style of doing it maybe okay. um, but there are a lot of very similar tricks that say Ivan would do a trick that I would do that Rua would do but actually all three of us could do it and you would probably think it's a different trick Okay. do you know what I mean? I do, so yeah. like there's the basis of a trick and then it's how you deliver it that you can go all these different angles Rua if we look at the golden age of magic yep. you know People saw on people in half and all that sort of stuff. I was just thinking about it. Why doesn't that happen anymore? Uh, or or well, does it's, it? It's interesting you bring it up because you were talking about like the misogyny that's yeah, involved. Yeah, I was like, I need a man, a leotard. Yeah. Yeah. As my and, and, magical and the, the lady was always the one sawed <laughs> in half. It was traditionally a very misogynistic <clears throat> world and the woman was always the, the, the kind of beautiful misdirection or the one who saw in half or the one who was levitated. But um, I think just the way the world has gone, that's that's been phased out. Yeah. And I've I've been to see Copperfield in Vegas and all that stuff, and they don't use it's not it's not in that world anymore. But back then, it really was like Houdini would have done a lot. His wife was his his assistant for nearly his his entire career. So yeah, up until it, until you uh, is early. there is there maybe then at another level is there kind of cir- circus performance going across Niagara Falls mm-hmm. on a tightrope. Is that a you? You talked earlier about escapism going down Niagara Falls in a barrel. Yeah, yeah. Those kind of things that Houdini did. It, like, is there always something out there that people haven't done that mm. you know is to be done? I was reading. 
I saw a documentary recently about the guys that crossed the World Trade Centers on a tightrope yes. back in the 70s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They made a and movie was, about it recently yeah, and yeah, it was with like Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I remember that. Really yeah. bizarre stuff. But, yeah, uh, there's no, it's, there's not an immediate connection between those kind of feats of, of, of spectacle and magic. Magic is more about um, you're kind of building up to a moment of something that's really impossible and unexpected. Those are more physical feats, uh, like the tightrope walk. Houdini started out doing that. His his name was Prince of the Skies, and he started out as a tightrope walker and then got into escapology and lockpicking and started out as an escapologist and then just figured he could make more money doing card tricks and stages right. and stuff. But he he was the one who created these spectacle moments, hanging upside down in Times Square on a straitjacket and just stopping people who... like. You know, it was in the middle of an economic depression, yeah. and he gave them this this thing to believe in. He was we we look at him as America's first superhero, and he did incredible things. He was in Belfast in 1910, and he did a really incredible stunt. As marketing, he used to say, "You can build anything around me, and I'll escape from it." So they were building the Titanic up in Belfast at Harlan Wolf, and as part of his marketing, he said, "You can build anything around me, and I'll escape from it." So they took some wood from the Titanic that was been built, built a case around him, and lowered him into what's called the Donegal Key. So he had to escape underwater from this. And uh, we found this little passage in his wife's memoirs hidden in a little place called the Academy of Magical Arts in 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 New York, run by Bill Kalush, who's a historian. And they found this line that he said to her afterwards, it was the hardest escape stunt that he ever did. Very interesting. Mm. Ivan, what about promoting the business? Again, if it's events-based, how do you get your name out there? How do you win gigs? You you say you have a a platform that connects entertainers and gigs. So... Some of them, I, I, I take it, you, you, you keep for yourself. Others then that you, you bring in other expertise yeah, it's, depending on the event. Is. How does all that work? So uh, that's a, um, there's kind of two sides to it. There's the online world and then, of course, the, the in-person world. Both are very important. Uh, PartyWiz really deals with kind of this whole online world. So it's about, so we kind of build a presence for the platform so people can find PartyWiz very easily. And, then and we'll Party- be on PartyWiz. And yeah, we oh, work, so right. yeah, we yeah, work yeah. closely with Genie Mackers. So, yeah. um, and, so then, and then PartyWiz acts as a search engine. So you'll look for, I want a magician. I'm based in, let's say, Dublin, my events in Dublin. And then I'm looking for someone on the, on the 13th or whatever date. Um, and then it'll recommend you who's uh, kind of provisionally available on those days. And so that really helps uh, magicians and you know DJs, any entertainers who might not be <clears throat> extremely tech savvy, but are extremely good at what they do. So that's kind of why, because my business partner and I were both performers, and we kind of that's why we felt the need there. We were kind of well, very interesting. You know, we can uh, and, and again, for for you, Juliet, it, uh, to to have to be on that platform. Someone else is sort of doing the marketing for you, and then you can. Yeah, it's it, great. It's kind of double up because we promote can, ourselves and Party Wiz does yeah, as well. So yeah. it's kind of a. Yeah, it's great from all sides and for JD magicians as well, for the adult stuff, particularly yeah. as well. So it's, is there pressure to come up with sort of innovation and new ideas if you're on the corporate circuit and you've been. Corporate, yeah. Yeah, if you've been to a company, say, and done their Christmas party two years ago. You need yeah. to arrive with something fresh, yeah, something yeah, yeah, new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, you always find ways. Yeah. There's always ways. And like we often get asked really random requests as well, sometimes at the last minute, where it's actually kind of fun as well, because then we can pull things together and, you know, do things that we wouldn't have thought to do. Do you yeah. know? So even Dee a while back had to do a corporate event for a Chinese company, actually, and she even had an interpreter and everything. But at the last minute, literally that morning, they asked her, asked her if she could turn a champagne bottle into 
the milk product that they were selling. And she didn't have much notice for this at all. We were like, no, this will be a challenge. You can do this. And then she did and it was great. So now we're like, okay, we have this trick going forward. Do you know? So yeah. um, it's great though because it keeps us on our toes and it's always nice for ourselves to change it up. Do you know? Do you have a plan B, Rua, when things go wrong? If a trick goes bad, <laughs> <laughs> I've, 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 I've gone wrong plenty of times. It's a bit just like on this radio show. If a guest doesn't turn up or something, do you have, what's your plan? B? I have a plan so, A, B, C, D, E. <laughs> so is is it that? So you might have a deck of cards in your pocket, and you you jump to that, or you, you have set, some way of of. You mean if someone comes up, if some if something doesn't go the way you, you thought it was going to go? Yeah, or if or if if somebody maybe guesses the thing when they shouldn't, or oh, I think, uh, yeah, yeah. You, you find a way. You know, you're so experienced when you've done so many gigs. You're quite uh, speaking personally. I'd be very relaxed about it. And I look at it like jazz. There's a lot of improvisation. You've so yeah. many different skills at your fingertips that uh, that you can rely on. Also, people don't really know how things are going to end. They don't know how a trick is going to end. So you can plot twists all you want and, and enjoy well, it like that. Well, I have a little surprise for you all now because there's a man on the line who's going to talk to us now and he's the one and ever Keith Barry. Keith uh, Barry, Keith. are you there? Hey, how are you, Bobby? How are you going? How's everyone? Hey, Keith. What's up, Keith? Keith? Let me get these headphones on. Keith, I'm, tr- I'm trying to find out the tricks of the trade here and I wonder, you probably know some of these lads that are here with us here in studio. Um... It, the the business and getting out there and entertaining the corporate gigs that they're all doing. Tell us a little bit about the journey to the top. There, it's a, I know you work very hard and you perfect your craft, but you know how do you ultimately become successful in this business? Yeah, well, look, I think it's first and foremost, it's fantastic to hear all the magicians that you have on this morning because I think enough work certainly in Ireland. A whole bunch of magicians, and there's a lot of them out there that are very good. Um, for me, I think it's a personal journey for everybody. So I started in the nightclubs way back when, when I moved to Dublin as a cosmetic scientist. So I had a day job as a cosmetic scientist. Um, I worked for Oriflame, which is a Swedish cosmetics company. But all the while, I was doing magic in the nightclubs in Dublin, predominantly in the kitchen nightclub at the time. And I think the most important thing is work ethic for me. You know, I never stopped. I was performing, performing, performing. And then one time, believe it or not, Pat Kenny walked into the kitchen nightclub. Now, could you imagine Pat Kenny in the kitchen nightclub? I can, actually, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to imagine. But ultimately, he walked in, and I went up, and I performed for him, gave my business card, and then I followed up the Late Late Show team. And a few weeks ago, as they say, I was on the Late Late Show. That was my first big break here in Ireland. Yeah. Um, but I think the other thing is just taking a lot of risks. You know, I think... Some people are averse to risks and don't take those risks. I'm always a risk taker to the yeah. very day. And for me, pumping my own money in at the start, you know, I remember one time I hired a high ace fan and I drove across the UK where I bought a bunch of illusions and I'd taken out a loan from the bank to buy those illusions and I brought them back and started to perform those with my wife um, now, who was my girlfriend at the time. We used to perform an illusion show all over Ireland, you know? Yeah. And what about you know, we were talking there earlier about coming up with new material, new ideas, you know, and you've done mm. a lot of stuff, Keith. Yeah. So, and you're, you're, if you're looking forward, is, is there some part of your brain that's always saying, I, I, I really need to do this, or maybe this could work, or are you, are, you, are, you, are you planning forward as well as dealing with the here and now? Yeah, like, I, I'm always trying to, I suppose, you know, encourage creative juices on a daily basis. So for me, like even this morning, I woke up at six o'clock this morning. I thought, oh, that's a good stunt idea. And and the stunt idea I came up with this morning was, you know, imagine if I was 
brought up to 30,000 feet in a, an airplane and, uh, you know, we had a, a regulation straitjacket up there and that got put on over the parachute and I got pushed out of the plane. So I thought, that's a good idea. I'll jot that down. <laughs> Ruas make taking notes here as we speak. I know, yeah, right. Um, By the way, if I could just say, a lot of people don't know, but Keith has been one of the biggest supporters of, of young magicians ever since his kind of rise to fame. And he Is that right? He's a huge trail. He's always been super, super kind well, to me. Well, that's why I wanted to ask him Thank on here much. this morning. And, and, and well done to you for that, Keith, because you've been inspirational to our three guests here and they've... They've learned from you. They've seen your success. And I just thought that you talking to them here with me this morning could just provide that little bit of magic that they may need. <laughs> well, look, I, I can tell you something. I know Rua very well, so I know he doesn't need any magic. He's forged his own trail. Um, and your other two guests, I, I don't know personally. But again, I just love to hear young, fresh magicians come up, older magicians still doing their thing. Um, and for me, it's just uh, an art that everybody has passion for if you're in it. And, you know, to go back to your original question, I'll, I'll give everybody a top tip. And this isn't just for what we do. It's just kind of in general. Now, I realized a couple of years ago, you know, how am I going to continuously be creative? So when it comes to my live shows, I literally come up with the titles first and then I backtrack from there. Yeah. So my last show um, was Insanity. And, you know, I was just trying to think of the most insane characters in history. And it was based around, you know, the likes of Rasputin, the Mad Monk and all. So every time I think of a show, I just think of the titles first and I backtrack from there. And that gets the creative juices going, you know. So I always come with the titles first and then reverse engineer what I'm going to do in the context of the show, you know. Well, listen, that's fantastic. And uh, thanks for joining us, Keith, this morning. Sure, and I really appreciate you taking the call. And I know the guys here do as well. So. Thanks, uh, good to talk to you and we wish you well and we're looking forward to the next bit of magic that you oh, show us between you'll, now you'll and the that, end of the year. You'll see that in, in the gaiety in January. There you go. Oh, I'm letting the cat out of the bag here. <laughs> All right, well, thanks to Keith Barry. Also, right, thanks, thanks to my guys. guests, Cheers, uh, Ivan Thank Zimmerman, uh, Paul Rua Gleeson and indeed uh, Juliet Rail. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Thanks, and uh, we wish you all well in your various careers. Thanks, Thanks a lot. Bobby. Do you want to see a trick or not? Yeah, let's do a quick trick. Okay. Okay. Jules is going to do a quick <laughs> trick for us now. <laughs> well, actually, we came together for this right, trick. Right, okay. So all about these A quick meeting. Okay. okay. Get started, Juliet. Okay, so Ivan's going to put this deck of cards in front of you so you can watch it at all times so no one's doing anything weird. Okay. Yeah. Okay, now, got that. When we came in earlier on, um, the guy downstairs in reception who probably thought we were nuts because we, we, we didn't even know our names downstairs a few minutes ago, long story. But anyway, um, so we asked him to pick a card and turn it upside down in the deck. Right. Okay. And it is now upside down in the deck and the deck of cards is inside the case. Yes, you see that? I do. Wonderful. Okay, so. So yeah, so if you could, firstly you choose, let's say, when you imagine in your mind the four suits. So there's spades, diamonds, hearts, and clubs. And if you're just to name one of those to start with, clubs. Clubs. So we've just removed three quarters of the decks. They're just <laughs> clubs. And now, can you just name any number? Six. Six. Okay, so the six of clubs. Yeah. Okay, so is there any particular reason why you went with the six of clubs? No, I just, I just, when he said clubs, I thought golf, I'll say clubs. Okay. And then I was going to say seven, but I said, they're probably going to guess me at seven, so I'll go with six. Interesting. So that was my logic. Okay, so this is a total free choice. Yeah, yeah. We, had, we had no influence whatsoever None. on what you were going with. And you didn't like catch any weird glinter in her eyes or anything no. magical going on. No? No. You're 100% go sure on. of that? Yeah. Let's okay, see how go. this went. Um, so we're opening the deck of cards now as we speak, folks. <laughs> And it was, you were saying, the six of clubs. So we'll yeah. see which card got reversed this morning. 
Okay. You have one right. card here. You don't here. even know which one you went with, or do you? Okay, take it out. The Go six. on, the six of <laughs> us. You heard it here, folks. It's just like we practiced. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, guys. Cheers, Bobby. Thanks a lot. Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.